All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Another Whiskey Podcast. We're doing a 30 minutes with Eric McRitchie, all the way from Canada. My name's Mitch Beshard, as always, joined by Daz Haldane. Daz, how you doing, man? Very good, boys. Nice to see you both. Brilliant. Eric, welcome to the show, sir. Uh, guys, thanks for having me on. I've been listening uh, listening since you guys began, so it's a real treat for me to be here today. Was that same first-time listener? No. Long-time caller? No, long-time, long, yeah. no, long-time <laughs> listener, first-time caller. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, Eric, you have a claim to fame now. You're the first Canadian that we've ever had on the podcast, man. Congratulations. Hey, right on. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, that's good to be here, representing the Great White North. It's uh, currently minus 25 here in Calgary, Alberta, so uh, freezing cold. The other day, it was actually minus 42 overnight. And I left a dram outside throughout the night. And when I woke up in the morning, it was frozen like a popsicle, like frozen right. solid right through. Yeah, See, that's, that's why you need to drink cast strength whiskeys, my friend. Yeah, I got off that ABV. Absolutely. <laughs> Mate, that temperature is almost as cold as Daz's heart. Oh, <laughs> oh, that hurts. That hurts. <laughs> I'm only joking, Daz. I know you've got a, a heart somewhere. <clears throat> um, somewhere. So, yeah, yeah. In the <laughs> but Eric, uh, if, if anyone hasn't hasn't met you before or isn't aware of you, so to explain what Eric does, Eric is a very well-known photographer over in Canada, and um, recently he turned his his hand into to whiskey, and we're going to get onto that in a second. So Eric is one of three people that run the amazing From Barrel to Bottle instagram page so if you haven't followed them yet check them out because they do some absolutely stunning pictures of whiskey bottles of them pouring drams um predominantly over in canada when it is minus 40 and they do a lot of ice skating as well which is really cool to see so eric let's talk a little bit about your progression from professional photographer into whiskey how, how did that all happen yeah you know uh so i've been a professional photographer for maybe about uh seven or eight years now uh, you know, taking pictures out in the Rockies, I live on the edge of the Rocky Mountains. It's just stunning. It's like a cheat code for taking a good photo. Uh, and, you know, I kind of built a bit of a name for myself going out on adventures with friends and those kind of things. And uh, about five or so six, six years ago, uh, I actually got contacted by uh, an agency that was representing the McAllen here in Canada. And they asked me, uh, hey, would you, would you ever be interested in taking a bottle of, of whiskey with you out on an adventure in the mountains and, you know, maybe grab a few pictures? And I thought that that sounded like a brilliant idea. I get to go with some of my buddies, take some whiskey that they're going to give me out to the top of a mountain and share it with some friends. And I thought that was awesome. So I said, absolutely. Uh, and we went out onto this uh, backcountry hike. It was about a 30 kilometer hike into the backcountry. We were at the top of it, like one of the most beautiful places in the world. The sun is setting. I'm sharing drams with my friends, taking a few pictures as we go and combining a few of my favorite things and passions. And uh, from that point, I posted that on my main photography channel, which was mostly like, you know, hiking pictures and outdoor adventures and those kind of things. And I started noticing all these whiskey accounts that started to comment on these pictures. They started maybe finding some hashtags or seeing them pop up in different places. And at that point in time, I, I didn't really know that the whole like whiskey uh the community was so strong and so uh, such a prominent place and so i started looking into a lot of these accounts and started realizing like there's a real community and network here of people that are passionate about about whiskey about sharing those memories and uh you know creating memories together and so sort of started the wheels turning a little bit i'm not i'm i'm very rarely uh the smartest guy in the room pretty much never and so uh, it took me a while to clue in that this was a real opportunity here. And so uh, I went out again, I got hired for a second campaign. This time, McAllen sent me a rare cask, which was awesome. Uh, and I went out and was snowing in the Rockies. We're out on a frozen lake playing hockey, very Canadian, and uh, sharing this again. And at this 
this point, this is probably about four months later, it sort of clued in that there's a real opportunity here. And so I pulled in a couple of buddies because whiskey's best enjoyed with your friends. And I said, hey, I think there's something we could do here. So let's take some bottles. We went out and bought some bottles of whiskey, stuff that we had, the stuff that we were interested in. And we just started going on adventures and taking cool photos. And it was a combination of the right idea at the right time, the right kind of quality, I think, and then just really committing to a lot of hard work to make this thing happen. And it really it took off. And yeah, I remember that. that I, I, I've grew. seen your your rear cask stuff, and I didn't realize that was your first, you know, first couple of gigs. You know, paid, yeah. you know, almost ad sort of influencer work. Call totally. it what you want. Um, but it's uh, it's really really amazing. It really that that's a nice bottle to take pictures of as well. The rear cask bottle. <laughs> yeah, it photos very well, man. Yeah. You know that I finished that bottle. Uh, that actual bottle I finished that this Christmas. That was my bottle that. Uh, I drank when my son was born. I drank that with my good friends uh, when my, you know, my grandfather passed. It's like this yeah. was a, a commemorative bottle, special moments bottle, and so it's a bit, a, a bit emotional actually finishing it off. For the, I've got another batch. I've got you know some different bottles and stuff like that, but that was the one that drew it right back to where it all began, you know. And so, finished up this Christmas with my family, and I said, okay, on to the next one. Yeah, nice, man. Man. hopefully nice. they're sending you stock, and you're not still having to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> No, it's amazing to see. I mean, you look at from barrel to bottle now, and I think you guys are around about 50,000 followers, uh, which is a huge amount of growth in a short period of time. And then your personal page as well, I think is up to around about 70,000 followers. And the pictures you post on that, not just the whiskey ones, but the landscape ones are like, I looked at one the other day, I think it was the one you took, uh, it was that there was a house and there was a lake in front of it and there was snow all over it. And it was taken at night. I was just like, holy shit. It was it literally made my draw job. I'm like, that is just unbelievable. I mean, when when you do taking a you know aside the the whole whiskey stuff, but that that landscape stuff as well, how long does that take you to set all that up and edit and everything? Oh, you know, like it really is it really is tricky out here because the conditions like shooting in you know in the mountains can change minute by minute. And so you never know what you're gonna get, really. You have a concept or an idea in your mind, but you're out and you know the the snow a snowstorm you can't see anything or you go out for a sunrise like this is one of the things i live two hours from the mountains and so i'll leave in the middle of the night in the dark to get there for sunrise just hoping that you're going to catch something and uh you know nine times out of ten it's kind of dull and gray and you don't get much but that one time that kind of is like the, the makes it all worthwhile you know and so i've always tried to be a bit reactionary too like i go out there with some rough ideas in my head but man you gotta flex you gotta roll with what uh the, the conditions are and then you kind of come up with something on the spot which I think is really beautiful too like with with photography is like I really do believe you can take a great photo anywhere you go um you just need to be creative and start to change you know change the way you think and look at things a little bit and so man snowstorms or gray skies there's still opportunities there and that's you know one of the reasons why I really love helping people learn how to take photos too love it how you uh, you talk about the Rockies as, as if they're on your doorstep and it's just two hours away you know <laughs> In, in Scotland, if you go two hours one way or two hours the other way, you're in the sea or the ocean. That's you. <laughs> you're off the island. <laughs> Canada's, a huge, Canada's a big country. I had some friends from Scotland over, and I was trying to tell them that. I was like, oh, let's just go to go to the mountains for the day. And they're like, oh, yeah. Like, is that like, you know, 10, 15 minutes kind of thing? I'm like, yeah. ah. It's, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a hike, but yeah, it's worth it when you see them for, in real life for sure. Yeah. And, and you guys have got some stuff that will kill you up in those mountains, right? You must have some good stories about that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's uh, that, that one place where we sh shot the first uh, round with the McAllen, the grizzly bear territory. We're in there in the fall. Raiders are getting ready to hibernate, so they're hungry. So the real trick with uh, grizzly bear territories, you need to be prepared. But the most important thing is you just can't be the slowest guy in the group. 
So you, you know, <laughs> as long as as long as there's somebody slower than you, then you're gonna be okay. So. Uh, good one good one to uh, stay sober for as well right yeah that's right yeah actually on that on that one shoot there was a guy that we were with uh, or that we passed who had uh, who had just had an encounter with a big grizzly bear and the grizzly bear had ch ch charged him so he was walking by himself at sunrise in this area and came kind of face to face to this big grizzly bear this grizzly bear stood up on his hind legs and uh, kind of looked at him and the guy sl slowly started to back away and then he turned his back on the bear which is something you're not supposed to do and the bear beelined it as fast as he could straight towards the guy and right before it hit him he veered off into the trees but there was another photographer standing back who actually got a photo of this with the bear standing up on his hind legs challenging this photographer and so we had a bottle of scotch we're walking down and couldn't you know he told us a story i'm like Ooh. yeah we didn't that was pretty scary so <laughs> hey, and, and see you when you're out on those trips um you know you're out in the hills you're going out fairly regular now uh you're you're packing a hip flask i'm sure yeah that's right we're always, you know we're always got we're always carrying full bottles with us most of the time with some glassware as well because uh yeah. you know we're not that i told you we're not that smart a hip flask is a great idea actually <laughs> yes well if you haven't got one we'll need to send you one but i was just going to ask you when you're out there in the rockies what is your go-to hip flask whiskey uh, but if you've not got a hip flask, that's a difficult question to answer. <laughs> oh, I have, I have a few, I have a few yeah. hip hip flasks for sure. Uh, uh, you know what? It, it really depends. Like I'm sure it's like you guys. It's like, what do you like to drink on a regular basis? Like I keep going back to some of the the favorites. Like I've got a real soft spot spot in my heart for Ardbeg. Uh, mm. You know, I had a chance to be over at the distillery a couple of years ago, which was just you know magical. And then, you know, for me, McAllen was where where the adventure started. That'll always draw me back. First bottle of scotch that I ever bought was a, a bottle of Dalmore 12. I was in a duty-free, had no idea what I was looking at. Saw the bottle, kind of stood out. I said, I'm going to pick up one of those. And so, you know, as far as like the, the classic go-tos, like those are someone that I always find myself reaching for. And then when we're out on adventures, you know, it's always great to share something new. So we're always, we're always bringing new bottles with us. And, you know, the big thing about it is not taking a cool picture. We always get a little bit of flack because most of the time the bottles are sealed, but uh, that's just because they look better in the photos, but we're cracking these things and we're sharing them after. That's the fun in it, you know? So Yeah, yeah. I, I get annoyed at that when people get so sort of uptight about stuff like that. It's like they're, they're just taking beautiful pictures and then they're going to crack it and, and get into it. I've always that's found right. with hip flasks, I don't know about you, Mitch, I do like a wee bit of smoke in mm. my hip flask whiskies. You know, I would always mm. go that kind of mid-level Highland Park, Springbanks, Taliskers, you know, those types are always... Yep. And that sort of sweet spot for a good hip flask whiskey. Definitely something that's not shy and retiring, you know? Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I'm the same as Eric. I just take a bottle. I don't bother with hip yeah, flask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Eric, I'm I trying did. to think. The last time we hung out was Victoria. I think that yep. was 2019 or 2018, something like that. Um, yep. So what's been happening in Canada land since I've been away? What's been going on whiskey-wise? What's been going on with you guys? I think you, you guys are still in lockdown there, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know what, uh, pretty much like the rest of the world, like everything was uh, cooking along nice and fine and then uh, pandemic hit and everything kind of got thrown up in the air. feels like the pieces are still kind of coming down and finding their places now, but uh, we're still locked down in certain areas of the country to differing uh, degrees right now. And so there's quite a bit of frustration around that, I think, across the country. You've got people that understand, you know, they're trying to do their best and trying to make things happen. You've got people whose livelihoods have been affected and you've got people who uh, are really getting frustrated and, and uh, fed up with, you know, all the 
longevity of what's happening. And so it takes a fair bit of, a fair bit to, to really kind of piss the Canadian off, but it seems like there's quite a few people pretty mad right now. There's a big uh, convoy that's happening across our country of uh, truck drivers who are protesting. Oh, that's uh, unbelievable. It's, it's crazy. They're saying like, I, I don't know, I, I've heard like differing numbers, but like 50,000 trucks that are heading to Ottawa right now, our capital to kind of say enough is enough. And uh, you've got a whole bunch of other people that are on the other side of it, just saying like, give it a rest guys, we're doing the best we can. And you got a whole bunch of people in the middle are just drinking their whiskey, just waiting for this thing to end. So yeah. <laughs> that's probably yeah. where I'm at for the most part. <laughs> I think as, a, really... as a photographer, though, you must uh, you, you like to travel. You like to get out and about, and that mu- that must frustrate you most more so. No. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think when things you know uh, when things first hit, like both the photography world, like my my main kind of landscape adventure commercial stuff was really taking off, and the whiskey stuff too. And so it, everything kind of ground to a halt right at the time that it seemed to be kind of moving in the right direction, and uh, you know just like everybody else in the world you gotta you gotta find a way to pivot you gotta find a way to do things differently and not be frustrated and you know the one thing for me that it really has done is it's really uh it's allowed me to to stop and to really be kind of grateful for what i have like close to home you know and both of both of the locations and the people and instead of being just mad the whole time i can kind of take a different look and just say ah i got a lot of things going that are in a really good place right now i got a young family i was traveling all over the place before and now i get to be home with my kids as they grow up a little bit more and these things are good and so yeah we'll just shift and we'll figure it out as we go that's kind of my kind of my take i can i can relate to that man it's the same for me and mitch mitch had probably just stopped traveling just a bit before i did uh, yeah. pre-lockdown maybe the year before or something but it was the same you know and actually you know when, you, when you've been at home for two years you look at it and go I don't really want to go back to that you, you kind of think how, how did I get away with that running from airport to airport and I'm late for everything Eric so I was like planes man were like taking <laughs> off and I was hanging on to them do you know what I mean as they were going up it's, like, it's ridiculous but uh, yeah. as I've enjoyed it, like not not enjoyed the situation, but the, the sort of outcome of it has actually been quite good in, in so many ways. You know, I'm seeing the positive side like mm-hmm. you are. And um, Mitch, but you, you'd you stopped traveling a wee bit before that. Mitch. Yeah, I had, mate. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I got kind of used to it. Got used to not jumping on a plane every two seconds, which was nice. But mm-hmm. um, well, I mean, Eric, hopefully you are going to travel to Scotland soon, which is going to be in September. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to bring you over here and do a little uh, uh, retreat together. So... Daz, I don't know if I've told you about this, but Eric and I are doing a, a couple of retreats in September. Yeah, you gave me a little bit of an insight into it when we were up in Speyside a couple of weeks ago, and it was um, it sounds really cool, eh, what you guys are doing. And I think both sides, you know, access to some pretty cool spots in and around the whiskey industry, meet some cool people, and maybe learn yeah. a thing or two as you go, right? It's going to be fun. And as as we record this, which is in February right now, we haven't actually released any of this. So I don't know when we're going to be dropping this episode. I think it's going to be around about March time. And by that point, we should have released some of the details on it. But it's going to be called Drams and Cams. Uh, and it's going to be two whiskey retreats over two weekends that Eric and I will be hosting together. So I'm going to be chatting the whiskey stuff. Eric's going to be chatting the photography stuff. All inclusive. Craig Ellicky Lodge. Uh, sunset, sunrise, fo- uh, photo shoots, 101 on whiskey, 101 on photography. I probably won't make any of the sunrise photo shoots. I don't think I'll be probably been too involved in the whiskey the night before. <laughs> you know, it's you can uh, be the, the stunt, the stunt liver, Mitch. That's exactly. you. <laughs> I'm I'll so, get the breakfast I'm on for everyone. So excited, man! It's going to be so awesome. Like we're 
pulling together passions in two different worlds, three different worlds of adventure, exploring whiskey, photography, pulling together the right people on it. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I love the most is, yeah, taking great photos, going on great adventures. But like I said, sharing those moments with other people and helping them get passionate about these things too. And so, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't wait. I think this is just going to be an amazing time. Like we've got, you know, Mitch, you're, you're kind of insider knowledge taking us around some of these places that you know we wouldn't normally have access to both that and the stories and and you know the lessons we're going to learn the whiskeys we're going to get to share and then you know basically i'm going to take my whole toolbox of photography and just open that up and just give away whatever i can to help other people and whether that's you want to take great landscape photos or photos of your family or if you really want to step into the whiskey space really grow your own you know kind of social media your own accounts uh take it from whatever level you are to the next level then you know that's what we're there for and uh, I'm yeah, I'm super excited for that, man. I can't, I can't wait. I'm counting down the days until uh, we get to get over there together. Yeah, man. Mitch has always given me shit for my photos and my crap use of social media and stuff like that. So I think I, it's not even going to be asked. Mitch is just going to tell me that as you're going on this, that's what's happening. Yeah, man. awesome, <laughs> love it. You, you love can it. you can spoon with me one of the nights or two of the nights <laughs> <laughs> again. <Not> again. No, that's going to be good. Man. So. Eric, I, th I think one of the things we haven't touched on on the podcast at all is Canadian whiskey. What's uh, what's new and mm. interesting? I know Alberta, where you are, there's yeah. some really good stuff coming out there right now, right? Yeah, that's right, man. Uh, you know, there's a local distillery here called Alberta Distillers. It's our hometown distillery. It's a really, uh, it's kind of a hidden gem. It's located downtown Calgary. Calgary is about a city of a million people or so. They've been in operation for about 75 years. And uh, you might you might have heard of some of the controversy around the award that they received a couple of years ago. And uh, that kind of put, you know, some of the whiskey that they were making, uh, you know, in, into the forefront. People are kind of noticing them, but they are kind of famous for their rye right now. And uh, their cask strength rye is just phenomenal. Like it is fantastic. Really, really good stuff. It's a well, massive. How are you drinking facility. it, Eric? Are you, is it just, just neat as it is? Are you whipping it on ice, old fashions? How, how are you guys drinking that stuff? Yeah. So they're, they're, ca they're cast strength. I like, I like it neat with a little bit of water. And so uh, it's, it's got that spiciness from the rye that's, you know, quite characteristic, but uh, it's just full of depth. There's tons of character to it. And so really, really interesting stuff. They also released at the same time a 20 year old um, that, that's quite good, but it, it really is not not anywhere near the cask strength. The cask strength is special. So the, mm -hmm. they just released their third uh, their third batch of that this year. So that's uh, yeah, really, really nice stuff. You know, Canada is an interesting place when it comes to whiskey because we've got great grain. Uh, we've got really like world-class leading farmers. We've got good pure water. So there's some, you know, really great ingredients that are coming to it. But the regulations here as far as uh, whiskey manufacturing is actually quite uh, different than most of the other places in the world. So there's there's some rules that are different here than in other places. And one of those rules is that uh, when, you, when you're making your whiskey that you're allowed to incorporate up to one, I think it's one eleventh parts, a different type of uh, a different type of alcohol within the whiskey, right? And so some of these brands now uh, are starting to play around with uh, different ways of incorporating, not just cask finishing, but actually adding in some different components to try to play with these. And um, there's one brand that, that I've been working with a little bit who are really messing with uh, maturation these days. And they've got uh, shipping containers that they're putting on tops of mountains in all different places throughout the country. And they're, they're really playing with the viscosity of the wood. And as the temperatures fluctuate, you can have a 30 to 40 degree fluctuation within the day from the middle of the night to the middle of the day. Yeah. And so they're, they're playing around with how do these temperatures affect uh, the whiskey and how does the maturation change based on extreme elements to make it really Canadian. And so just lots of room to play, lots of room to kind of uh, try different things. And, you know, Canada's got some great, some fantastic whiskey and a lot of craft distillers that are now starting to pop up 
all over the place. And so uh, it's I, exciting I like the, time. Um, the, the, what you say about the the addition of, of different alcohols and, and it's it's so interesting and I'm, I'm not sure exactly where that starts and stops, but I remember reading into it years ago and I haven't looked at it since, but so we would just think sherry, maybe wine, port wine, something like that. But you can add mm-hmm. bourbon to Canadian whiskey. You can that's add right. anything, anything that's an alcoholic product basically can be added, right? It's any spirit, yep. any, any wine. Um, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And, it, and it, yeah, it's, a, it's quite a lot. I remember it was like 9% or something like that that you can add right. to the, the products. Mad, yeah. I think there's one think... bottle. It's a, it's a mezcal. It's a 10 parts, 10 parts whiskey, uh, one part of mezcal. And so, uh, yeah, it just changes the the whole kind of flavor. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, take it, take it as you want. You, you might, you might really well, I think I quite like it as an idea. Yeah. It's, it's fun. I think to, to just try some new things and innovate, you know, it's just interesting to see, and it might not be for everybody, but uh, it is cool to see, I think, you know, distillers that are starting to ask the question of how far can we push this and what, what does that look like? And let's create some new ways forward, but let's try some different things. Sometimes it might not work, but sometimes it might, it might be awesome. So let's see. Yeah, it does. I think I, I remember what you were talking about, because I think that was back in our Diageo days when we were uh, doing the, the W set. Remember, we had to host yeah. that. So we had to read up about everything. And I remember reading about yeah. that with, with Canadian whiskey. I think it was called a 909 rule because it was like, was it not 9.09% you're allowed to add or something like that? Yeah, yeah, okay. I think you're right. And it was, it was funny, actually. So we used to do these courses, right, Eric? And, and uh, usually there was a whiskey dinner after the first day. Um, and, and Mitch was kind of managing it all and stuff like that. And I was, I was sort of, you know, the, the guy doing the bits and pieces that Mitch basically told me to do. Uh, so I'd always end up with bloody Canadian whiskey and cognac. Right? So, <laughs> two, two things I know fuck all other. <laughs> and you're hungover. So you're lagging your way through these sessions. Man, I don't know how we got away with it. <laughs> I remember that as it wasn't you, but it was one of the other ambassadors, Eric. And um, they were talking about... Um, I think they were talking about, yeah, they must have been talking about Sherry. And they started talking about the Solera. And, and this guy was, he hadn't read anything about Sherry. It's like, yeah, Solera, it's a beautiful part of Spain. It's got amazing beaches. And <laughs> someone stuck their hand up and went, wait, is that not a, a, an Asian message of Sherry? And he was just like, yeah, so on to Brandy. <laughs> that's, that's new Brandy. <laughs> but that wasn't you, Daz. That was, that was no. someone else. Yeah, it was Baz, actually. The problem. <laughs> Funny man. Good times. So Eric, before we go, uh, one you must have like a, a seriously crazy story from being being out in the wild and doing all the stuff you do, right? You know, one of the one of the coolest things that I got to be a part of was uh, a few years ago. I got invited by uh, the Glenfiddich team here in Canada to head up to a place called Churchill, Manitoba, which is famous for its polar bear population. Uh, there's actually more polar bears there in uh, in the spring than people that live in this place. I think it's like 1600 or something polar bears that kind of migrate through this town out onto the ice or, or head back in as it starts to freeze up. And so uh, the interesting thing about Churchill is that uh, it, has, it has quite of a, a rich whiskey heritage there because uh, the first place of export for Glenfiddich whiskey, uh, whiskey uh, from Scotland into the rest of the world came in through Churchill, Manitoba, the, the port there, which I don't know, I, I, I never knew that before I was up there. It's really out of the way town in Northern Canada. But uh, right on the Hudson Bay, so I guess there's good access from Scotland for, for whiskey uh, imports. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so we're out there, and uh, we set up this uh, this restaurant for a, a tasting, a special tasting. They're tasting through the experimental series at the time, uh, and 
the it's actually incredible because they created a glass ceiling restaurant when they pulled in some really gourmet chefs to kind of lead this long dinner table and we're sipping on great whiskey we're uh enjoying this kind of time together and the northern lights are actually dancing overhead like the most vivid display of northern lights i've ever seen so you're sitting there drinking your uh, your glenfiddich you're looking up at the northern lights and you look over at the door and there's a man in a full-on snowsuit, looks like he's about to go to war, and he's got a shotgun standing at the door, and he's guarding guarding us from polar bears. And so, as a photographer, of course, I want to go outside to to take a, take a couple snaps of these northern lights. And so, I go over there with my camera in hand and say, "Hey, can I pop? You know, this is after a few drams too, right?" So I was feeling quite brave. Uh, he's, I said, "Can I pop outside to take a take a few photos?" And he's like, he's like got all nervous, and he's like, "Just a second. And he took out his flashlight, and he's literally scanning the snowbanks because polar bears like to lie in the snow. And because they're so white, they hide and they cover their black nose with their paws. And they wait for uh, a, a prairie-based photographer to walk out into the tundra <laughs> to have a little snack. And so he says, he says, yeah, go for it, but be quick. So I don't think I've ever taken quicker photos in my whole life uh, as he's standing there with his shotgun. And at that time, the crazy thing is too, is that I can't even make this stuff up. This sounds so cliche Canadian. We're in the, the tundra running from polar bears. Uh, an Arctic fox actually ran past him now that the guard was gone from the door and ran inside the restaurant and he's running laps around and all the people are screaming they're getting up on their chairs as fox is trying to figure <laughs> out how to get out of there oh yeah it was awesome it was an amazing time so polar bears all over the place but i got some cool shots i didn't get eaten it was a pretty good experience always a bonus That's when you don't get eaten by a, by a polar bear mate. <laughs> well eric it's been great having you on man thank you so much for your time the only thing i'm disappointed in is that you haven't said a at all ah yeah sorry a. I, I i really got to work on my uh my canadian slang i guess i've been away too too much but <laughs> and no, no no abouts either yeah, no yeah. save it save it for yeah. september save it for september <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly man all right eric well, we're gonna wrap this up man but thank you again and everyone go and follow from barrel to bottle check them out amazing stuff eric i'll see you in scotland in september brother Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Okay,